Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and welcome back to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. Today, I'm excited to have a special guest for you, the amazing Dr. Laura Hoffman. Laura is a family medicine physician, as well as the CEO and founder of Happy Day Health. For many physicians, especially those early in their careers, their largest asset is the ability to work as a physician. It's what we invested hundreds of thousands of dollars and years of our life in medical school tuition, as well as residency and fellowship training. But unfortunately, a lot of physicians aren't happy in their current work situation. This is where Laura comes in. So Laura, tell us more about what you do and what your mission is. Yeah. So, well, I'll start with my mission. My mission is to help doctors be able to practice medicine in places where we love to practice. Most of us, you know, it's not just the years and the money that we spend becoming a doctor, but we actually love it. We love taking care of our patients. So my mission is to help doctors be able to do that and be able to enjoy it. And it's time for us to take back medicine, right? So that's my mission. I do a lot of physician advocacy a lot of the work that I do is in helping doctors to find the practices that will treat them well. So I kind of work on both sides. I do work with private practices, small physician-owned private practices that are looking for doctors to join them. And I vet those practices. I make sure that they're awesome. And the on the physician side, you know, I can either match them with one of those practices or I do have access to many other positions. And no matter what happens, I, I will help to kind of coach the doctor through the interview process, make sure that they get what they need out of it and ask the questions that really serve them the best way. And then, you know, when it comes to contract negotiations, we work through that together as well. And so awesome. So how'd you get started with all this? You know, I started, um, I knew that something had to give. I knew that something had to change in our healthcare system. And I wanted to be a part of the change, but anything that I came up with just didn't seem like something that either I could do or that I wanted to do, you know, things like lobbying or just teaching doctors how to negotiate, which now I do anyway, in terms of how I actually enjoy that. But, you know, all the ideas that I came up with, they just weren't something that I felt like I could do. And so I put that on the back burner. And when I was in my previous position, I was in a leadership position, I was interviewing physicians and there was only one job available at a time. And I had to unfortunately tell quite a few doctors, like, I'm sorry, you don't get this awesome job because it was a really great place to work. But what word spread that I was helping doctors to find practices and it was my practice that we were working in and people started contacting me to help them find doctors, join them. And I did. And I spent, oh my goodness, like so many hours on each position for friends. And then I realized, oh my goodness, can you imagine the impact I could make if I did this all the time? And so, so I did. So I just took the leap and this is what I do. And how long ago did you take that leap? It's been a year. So I started doing it part-time for a little bit, and then I went full-time a year ago. That's amazing. So tell us the story of like a typical client. Uh, I don't think there is a typical client. Uh, There's, I mean, there's certain common grounds, but every practice is so different. And that's kind of what I like about it. But when I work with clients, which are the practices that I work with, 
the practices themselves, I really try to make sure that they're going to treat their physicians well, that they're going to respect their physicians, give them autonomy and get to know them and their culture. That way, when I'm matching some with, someone with them, it's a good match. And it's not, you know, I wouldn't match someone who is really one's partnership with a practice that is definitely not going to offer partnership. And, you know, just kind of personality fit and all of those things as well. And then when I'm working with physicians, sometimes I'll work with physicians who uh, don't quite know what they're looking for. So we just start out with figuring that out. We just figure out together what is it that you're looking for. And, you know, at this time, I don't charge physicians for this. I help the doctors find jobs and there's no cost to that to the physician start by figuring out what it is they want. If they don't know, a lot of doctors do know. And from there, once they start interviewing, you know, I find them a job and sometimes, and when they start interviewing, we go over, we try to prepare before every interview and we'll go over what questions they need to be asking, how to figure out certain things, you know, where, uh, whether it's culture or, what they need to expect, or if there's something important to them, how do they really assess if the practice is able to make that happen for them? So we go through a lot of that, and then we'll debrief afterwards and figure out what questions we still have lingering, because that's inevitable. And then that would be ready for the second interview of the physician. And then once that happens, then if we're successful and they get the job of their dreams, then we go over the contracts and negotiations. And if it comes to needing a lawyer, there's a lawyer that I love that I give them his name. And so we just kind of go through the whole process together. Physicians who come to you, are they typically fresh out of training? Have they been working for a few years? Are they coming off bad situations? It's a mix. So right now we're kind of just gearing up for job hunting season for the graduating residents. So right now that's a lot of what I do. I do get some kind of mid-career physicians who are unhappy with where they are, or um, the mid-career physicians are often in practices where administration has changed recently and they are trying to get out because of changes that have happened. And then I have quite a few older physicians as well. So that it runs the gamut. I would say the most physicians I work with are the graduating residents, but I'm sure six months from the time that we're recording this, it's going to change to be more the mid-career physicians. Is that just because of the time cycle right now? Yeah. Do you find a lot of physicians who are coming to you from mid-career, it's because private equity purchased their practice or what's causing the change for them to want to leave their current practice? Yeah. So private equity is a big one where, you know, someone sold their own practice to private equity and turns out they didn't do what they thought they were going to do, or it's tough working for them because they don't really care about the patients. They just care about the bottom line. So I do see that. I see hospital employed physicians who either just realized that they're not treated very well and they're ready to make the change. I'll see physicians who go to their administration. These are in the larger corporations and they'll say, I cannot work five days a week anymore. I'm super burnt out or I have a an ailing family member I need to take care of or whatever it is, may I please go down to four days a week? And the answer is no. And then they contact me. So a lot of it is in the physicians not really able to have a voice or make changes or flexibility that they need. And then they just, you know, a lot of them have actually tried to fix their situations. And I very, very commonly see physicians who used to love where they worked and then something changed in administration and now they don't anymore. 
Is that just becoming more and more common? Maybe. I don't know that it's more common. I think it's just what happens. People move on. And if you now have a leader who doesn't really listen to you, then people leave people. They don't leave jobs. So yeah, I I would say it's probably something that's been happening forever. But we're just seeing it a lot now because a lot more physicians are going to large hospital systems. And you mentioned for the private equity, it'll even be the previous owner of their practice who's actually now looking for a new job. Yes, I do see that. Wow, I, I would have actually thought it was more that the they were the associates who were working for those private equities who hadn't bought in as partner yeah. and yeah. were now leaving. But yeah, even the the people who actually build their practice yeah. now having to find new position. Yeah, there's the promise that, you know, don't worry, we'll take care of all the headaches for you. Don't worry about it. But then they're also telling you what to do and it's not your baby anymore. And it's kind of morphed into a whole other beast. So tell me more about the clinics that you typically will represent. How do you actually bet that it's a good place for doctors to work, that doctors will be happy being there? So there's a few different ways. One of them is turnover. I look very closely at turnover of physicians, of office staff. So if, you know, even if it's just the receptionists that are churning through every month or two, then, you know, something to look at. It's, I realize that we're in an interesting time right now and that's a big issue. So it's something I look at. It's not necessarily a deal breaker, but if there's a lot, lot of turnover, then it's something I would need to look at pretty closely. But a lot of the practices I work with have had their office staff for six, 10, 12 years. And that just speaks volumes to the practice. A lot of it is in how the physicians that I'm speaking with talk about the practice and talk about who would fit well in the practice and who wouldn't fit well in the practice and what they offer their physicians and their flexibility in how they treat their doctors. So an example would be one of the practices I'm working with right now. You know, when I first spoke with him, he said, the practice owner said to me, you know, I was kind of like, what are you looking for? And he said, you know, we really want someone who can bring new ideas, fresh ideas, and we'd love them to become partner. We'll start training them to become partner day one. And then, you know, this is how we've created the buy-in process, which seems fair to them, fair to us. And it really was like, it's a very fair thing. So a lot of it is in how they talk about it. So as it's in part what they say, but it's how they say it and how they talk about their physicians. So it's a lot of conversations that happen. And I ask questions that I feel like really kind of expose the kind of practice that it is. And, and certainly, you know, looking for somewhere that's financially stable, that will not hire someone that now moves across country to start the job. And then the practice closes because that just sucks. Yeah, that really would suck. Yeah. So what entices a practice to hire someone like you as opposed to just kind of doing the job themselves? It's pretty hard to find physicians nowadays. So, you know, we have more jobs than there are physicians and the small private practices are really struggling to compete with the hospitals. The hospitals put massive amounts of money behind finding their physicians because they can. So the small physician owned practices, number one, they have enough things to do. So finding a physician is just another added burden. A lot of them have already tried a lot to find a physician and nothing's really coming of it. So that's when they need outside help. And, and it's fun. Like I, I really enjoy working with them and we work together on some of the practices. One of my clients that I just found them the most awesome doctor. She, when we first spoke, she was like, I don't know what the right 
salary is. So can we discuss that? And so we sat down and we figured out what worked for her practice and what would, you know, still attract her, attract, attract a physician. So, you know, it's kind of fun doing the consulting with the practice as well, but a big, big part of it is that they can't find someone. And it's not that there's anything wrong with them. It's that they don't have that huge amount of time to put into that. I mean, the hospitals have people whose jobs are dedicated to doing that. So that's when they hire me. Yeah. So I want to actually repeat that. Look, there are more jobs than there are physicians. So every physician listening to this podcast, you are in demand, right? And so you should actually feel that not just, I mean, I, I think a lot of doctors are like, oh my God, thank God I have a job. Like they're going to pay me this much money, especially for style training. But know that, you know, you really are in demand and there's choice. You want to actually consider the bigger picture when you're choosing your first job. So let's, let's talk about that. So you do work with a lot of people straight out training. And, you know, I find, or at least in my personal situation, that even though I thought I knew what I wanted, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted. And you kind of uh, hinted at that earlier. So what what do you actually kind of talk about with people looking at their first attending job? What to actually look for? Yeah, so we talk about a few things. You know, the thing that most doctors look for, number one, especially straight out of training is salary. So we do talk about and different people are able to hear this in varying degrees. But we talk about, you know, how important truly is the salary to you? And, and that's so relevant to your audience. You know, I, I kind of give the analogy, if someone were to pay you $100,000 a year, and for that money, all you have to do is just be miserable, just be depressed, wake up every morning feeling dread, hate your life, don't really be present with your family, your kids, your friends, but you get $100,000. I don't know, would you do it? Because I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't. And so that's how I think about like the salary of working somewhere that may work your butt off and you're working long hours and you have no autonomy and you, you feel, you know, doctors are doing some pretty desperate things to try to get out of their situations. Is that worth $100,000 to you? I don't know. That's how I think about the salary discussion. I think that life is a journey and we need to enjoy every day. And if I retire a few years later, but I've enjoyed getting to that point, well, great. So we talk about that sometimes. We talk about protecting your future you. So when we look at things like the non-compete and other things in the contract, in the physician contract, you want to be able to protect yourself from getting stuck or feeling trapped. Because even if it's a perfect job, it may not always be a perfect job. Things change. You change. Administration changes. The people you work with change. There are so many things that can change. And so you may think this is the job you're going to say it till the day you retire, but who knows? So that's really where the non-compete comes into play. And I do talk with all the physicians that I work with about that because it's so important and try to talk with the practices that I work with about it too, because we need to take care of each other and protect our profession as well, because the non-competes are pushing some people out of medicine entirely. Yeah, there's a non-compete. And also I'll talk to people about considering what the tail uh, coverage is, the tail insurance, because that can potentially trap you, especially in, especially these like OBGYN where that tail insurance could be white high. Yeah, it's very expensive. And it's really interesting being on both sides of that discussion because 
both sides will end up saying, well, I don't want to pay with that, pay for that. And <laughs> so it brings up the discussion like, gosh, is that the cost of doing business or is it, you know, is that on the physician? So that's a good question. But yeah, that's a, that's a really big one is tail mill practice. What specialties do you typically help doctors or represent clinics for? Any. So right now, most of my clients, the practices that I work with are family medicine and pediatrics. And then I have a sprinkling of internal medicine, but you know, I have a gastroenterology practice right now. I've worked with pulmonology, critical care. I'm going to probably start with a sleep doc soon. Um, so the practices that I work with are mostly primary care, but a little bit here and there of other specialties. And then the physicians that I can help them find jobs or anything. Of course, my jobs are the ones that I feel very strongly about because I know them and I've gotten to know them like really well. So I get to really, I can completely advocate and say that they are wonderful, like hands down, they're going to be good to their people. But if it's someone looking for a hospital employment position or, you know, an academic center or an FQHC where they, those may not be my specialty where I like to focus, but I do, I joined this very large network of recruiters. So I have access to their jobs that I've learned. They actually don't post places because as we all know, no one really responds to posts anymore. So I do have access to those positions and I just recently placed a colorectal surgeon. So that's pretty random. Well, that's interesting. I didn't realize doctors don't respond to posts because certainly when I looked for my first position, I looked at places, you know, locations I wanted to, to work in and so I'm an ophthalmologist. So I went to the American Academy of Ophthalmology and I just constantly checked on what jobs were being offered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would think that too. I've learned that it's not the case and it's expensive to keep posting over and over and over again without any, any getting anything back. So how do practices typically find you? Mostly word of mouth, actually. So it's someone that's worked with me before or that maybe knows someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows me, but it's mostly word of mouth. I can be found at www.happytohealth.co. There's a contact form on there that goes straight to my email. And that's where you can get in touch with me or on LinkedIn or anywhere. And it's the same way with physicians who find you? Is it mostly word of mouth? Um, No. So that is a mix of word of mouth. I've worked with a lot more physicians than I have practices because, you know, there's a lot more physicians looking for jobs than hiring. So yes, I do a lot of word of mouth. I do speak with residency programs on avoiding the most common mistakes doctors make when looking for a job. And so, you know, sometimes those residents will contact me as well. And I help doctors find jobs. So I go out and I try to find doctors who might be looking for jobs. So a lot of it is me trying to find them as well. Yeah. So a lot of matchmaking there. Yes. Can you give an example of a physician that you've placed and how, how they were at their previous job and how things were at the new job? Yeah. So one of the physicians that I placed actually just recently in a direct primary care practice, he was working in a job. This was his first job out of residency. He had a lot of things that were promised to him as far as how the patient's schedule would go, what would happen if he hired a patient, the types of patients he would be seeing. And that just didn't happen. So he, they had told him that they were going to market him and fill his practice with all these new patient patients. And none of that happened. There were, you know, he wasn't referred patients, like all these things that they said, they weren't happened. And this is a guy that was, you know, he's very, very motivated, very much a self-starter and just wants to 
do a great job. And he just wasn't able to do that great job there. So he got placed in a direct primary care practice. And not only is he just loving going every day, but he has opened up a whole new line of services that he's offering for them uh, with them and taking ownership of that part of the practice as well. So he's just loving it. That's awesome. So you can really see how much a life can be transformed just by having a good fit for where you're working. Because we spend more time at work than probably anything else that we're really doing other than sleeping. Yeah, you really want to enjoy the work family you're with too. I mean, you know, you want to work well with your medical assistants and the other physicians and you just want to enjoy every day. I totally agree. Well, thanks so much for being here. Any last words of advice? Oh, goodness. I have so many words of advice to say. I will just say, you know, if you're unhappy and you feel trapped, you're not trapped, you can get out. If you leave where you are now, the world won't end. And if you need any help, reach out. I'm more than happy to just help you out, either find something or just kind of talk you through what's out there and just let you know there's other great things as well. Yeah, I think it's so important, especially early career. We've spent so much time and effort again on our training and in order to be physicians. And that high income really helps us offset the years that we weren't investing because of our medical training. And so we need to, in essence, kind of keep working at that high income at least long enough to build our wealth and build our financial freedom so that we can then choose to work if we want to keep working and hopefully find a situation where we do want to keep working. Yeah. And that's why the work that you're doing is so great because if we have that financial independence and that financial freedom to be able to take a job that we love, and it may not be the highest paying job, we don't feel that those golden handcuffs to stay where we are, we can just choose a job that makes us happy rather than the job that will help us pay for our loans. Well, thanks for that. And thank you, Laura, for coming on this episode of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. We'll be sure to put Laura's information in the show notes. So if you're a physician looking for a new practice situation, or you're a practice looking for a new physician, then please reach out to her. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.